On this edition of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast, it was the shot heard round Tennessee. Calgary's Ty Scott joins us to talk about his baseball journey, growing up with Mike Soroka, and his latest walk-off bomb. Welcome to episode 122 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. The college baseball season stateside is now underway, and there have already been many great performances by Alberta's athletes. Our Ian Wilson scoured the score sheets to put together Box Score Beauties, the new story you can find on albertadugoutstories.com. In preparing this week's episode, I had reached out to a couple of those players, thinking we could have them both on in one episode. But both had such great stories to tell, we decided to give them each an episode of their own, who will be joining us next week. Stay tuned for that. This week, we're chatting with Calgary's Ty Scott. The Bryan College Lions middle infielder was named to our 2020 All-Alberta team back in January after hitting 417 with four home runs, 15 RBIs, and five stolen bases in just 20 games before the COVID-19 pandemic hit. As a senior this year, he's back to his old tricks. He's hitting 415 with three homers, 12 RBIs, and seven stolen bases in 16 contests. No hit this year was bigger than his walk-off dinger in the bottom of the ninth to cap off a 16-14 win over Lindsay Wilson College back on February 23rd. We talked about that bomb growing up in Calgary, heading to Vauxhall Academy of Baseball, and mindset, which is appropriate given he's a psychology major. Ty, welcome and thanks for joining us here on the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm super excited. A lot of people talking about that walk-off home run, so let's start there. What was it like when the ball came off the bat from your perspective? Oh man, it was uh, it's my first time I've ever hit a walk off home run, so I didn't really know what to do. But uh, as soon as I hit it, I knew I got it, which doesn't happen very often. And I decided to, you know, I got to pimp it a little bit, which I don't do because you know I don't hit home runs very often. But it was quite a moment. It felt good, you know. I had I put some good barrel on it, so it was quite a moment, especially going to that little dog pile at home plate. You know, hopefully I'll get another one, but you never know. So were you looking for a specific pitch in that at bat or walk us through how that all came to be where all of a sudden it's popping off the bat like it did? Yeah. So I'll go right to my first at bat. We kind of had a game plan for our contact hitters. We were going to, we knew we were going to get fastballs away. So my first at bat, I hit a double in the gap on the fastball away. The rest of my at-bats, I didn't see, realistically, didn't see a single fastball in the zone. I was getting a ton of off-speed. But going to that last at-bat, you know, first pitch, I was like, okay, if I see a breaking ball up, I'm going to try and do some damage with it. He buried the first one low and away, and then came back with another one that he buried. So in my head, I'm thinking, okay, he's missing two breaking balls. Let's sell out to this fastball in this 2-0 count and see what happens. And then from there, we'll kind of – work our way through the at-bats as it happens. And you left the fastball middle up, and I just put a good swing on it. So I was anticipating that fastball, and I was lucky I got it. So You've had a, a lot of success at the plate, uh, not just this season, but obviously going back to that shortened season. What have you been doing right? What's been feeling good for you that's kind of allowed you to have some success with Brian? Oh, uh, you know, I think it comes down to a few things. One is just experience. You know, I've kind of played in this league for a while. So just kind of being able to get used to college pitching has helped a ton. But I think uh, my mentality at the plates changed over the years. Uh, like when I was younger, I used to be kind of like an 
all out fiery guy kind of type thing. And then, you know, as I've gotten older, I've realized that, you know, like slowing things down and not getting too caught up in emotions is really, is really important for me. So when I try and get up to the play, I try and be like as cool, calm and collected as possible. So my thought process throughout bats is just clear and not distracted. So I think that's really helped me these last couple of years. It's more just the mental side. I wouldn't say it's too much mechanical stuff. It's more just being calm at the plate and anticipating what I think I'm going to get. So Was that a bit of a challenge when you have that long layover because of COVID? Did you have to kind of focus in a little differently or did you try to, to go back to the pre-COVID days in a sense to, to keep things rolling? Talk us through what your mindset was like, I suppose, going into uh, the last year or so without baseball. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was really different. You know, I was lucky enough. I was able to go home and spend some time with the family. And, uh, I actually worked with my brother and my dad, which was a great experience. You know, I think it lent a little perspective of, you know, just how much I appreciate playing baseball, but, uh, I was able to play, uh, in a men's league actually in Calgary with the, uh, with the Diamondbacks. So I was able to get some at bats like twice a week. I was able to see some pitching and kind of stay in the groove. Um, when I, when I first got home, uh, I wasn't sure if we were going to continue the season because we didn't really know what was happening. I couldn't go anywhere to hit, so I had my brother feed me wiffle balls in the garage. It was like minus 20. He was hiding behind a workbench. So I kind of stayed in the, uh, in the swing of things without my brother. So that was it for the most part over uh, kind of the quarantine. And then when I was able to finally get back down here, you know, it was a little bit of a kind of an adjustment. I hadn't seen like college level pitching in a while. So it took a while to kind of get back. I know I didn't have a very good fall whatsoever. Just could never really find my stride. And then, you know, I kind of took it for a grain of salt, realized, you know, I'm lucky to play. So I just kind of step back and not take things too seriously. And I think that's kind of helped me get back into the swing of things and just get my focus on point. Did you lean on anybody in particular for that mindset piece at all? Or was it sort of one of those things that you, when you spend that time with family, it kind of brings you back down to earth a little bit? I think it was a lot of just spending time with the family, you know? I mean, it's, I haven't spent that much time with my parents, my brother and sister in like, I want to say six or seven years. So it was kind of, it was just eye opening, you know, like how lucky I am to play. So I just kind of didn't take things too seriously realize, you know, in the end, it's just a game and, you know, I just trust your preparation. And if things go well, they go well, but if they don't, then, you know, you can go to bed satisfied that you, you went all out. So it's kind of just, you know, just a realization, just how lucky I am. So. Is that one of the things that is uh, talked about, I guess, in the clubhouse as well as you talk to your teammates and your coaches and that is now that you're back into the swing of things again, you don't want to take it for granted anymore because it's look at how quickly it was kind of taken away from you. Yeah. And the last game, I remember we, uh, we got smoked by a team. We shouldn't have been, we shouldn't have lost to. And we kind of, the captains and I took the guys out and we said, Hey, look, nothing's guaranteed. So we need to, regardless of the outcomes, we need to you know, reset our heads and get back to things and, you know, just appreciate the opportunity we have. And after that meeting, we came back, the coaches said, you know, we're not sure we're going to have to postpone the season. We're not sure how things are going to go down. So it's kind of ironic going into the weeks after that, that we weren't sure if we're going to play, like we weren't sure if they're going to give us a year back or if that was it. I mean, I remember my last, that last game, I went like 0 for 4 with three Ks. It was a terrible game. And I remember thinking like, Oh, like that just leads 
not a good taste in your mouth. So, but then we were lucky enough that they gave us a season back and just kind of brought a realization. I think with a lot of the guys here that it can be taken away so quickly and that we should just appreciate every moment you got and kind of give it everything you got. I mean, why not? And you never know how long you're going to play. So I think the guys this year have really realized that because they all experienced the same thing. And it's just a common understanding between all of us. Does it make the game a little more fun with that mindset as well? It's not necessarily just the get down to the nitty gritty business side of it, but it's also, hey, this is there's a little bit of a, a load off the back kind of thing. Absolutely, I, I you couldn't say it any better. Like at the, in the end, it's a game, right? And we're out here having fun. You can't take it too seriously, even though you've put so much work into it, and you know you're so passionate about it. But it's a game. Let's like let's go out and have fun, regardless of the outcome, right? You're preparation will show um through your outcomes so like going out and just having fun you can see it in the dugout we're always having a blast even at practice you know we're always chirping and just having fun we've just grown to have a an appreciation for the game and i've seen it with other teams right they come out and we're it's not as you know uptight about things we're laughing we're having fun with other teams so it's just kind of i think it's a baseball community-wide feeling that you know there's a, an understanding that you don't know how long you've got to play this game and you might as well just enjoy it while you have it. So it's nice to see and it's refreshing. You know, it takes a load off. You're out there a little, little weight off your shoulders, just going out and having fun and, you know, performing. So speaking of the fun side of it, I want to go back to the very beginning, a Calgary kid who ends up playing baseball instead of the traditional hockey or football that you tend to see <laughs> here. How is it that you came upon the game? And do you remember the moment when you kind of fell in love with it? Oh man. Ah, so I started out playing soccer for maybe about like two years and just was not for me at all. And uh, my parents never, you know, forced me to go into any sports. They kind of let us pick and I decided to go into T-ball and my dad was a coach and, you know, had a blast doing it and just kind of stuck with it. And I found, you know, I had some good skill at a young age and ended up playing for an all-star team. And that's kind of that first all-star team that I played on a group of guys that we had we were together for, I think it was three years. And we just grew together. Like Mike Soroka was on that team. And we just kind of like learned to love the game together. And that's kind of where aspirations to like, you know, go farther with it came to be we we thought we were going to make it to the little league world series and like we had a good team but uh it did end up coming short but like the friends i made and the experience i had really like breeded that that drive to go and compete and to see how far we can take this game and then you know after all stars i went and played redbirds and the same thing i had unbelievable coaches and unbelievable um teammates that just you know enjoyed the game and it was just a constant feeling of appreciation and just love for playing. And we'd go practice up at the, uh, at the ABA a lot. And, uh, you know, it just kind of, it grew from there at a really young age, just because of my teammates, because of the coaches and, you know, my parents, they never forced me to get into it, never forced me or put a lot of pressure on me. It was just me trying to enjoy the time, enjoy the time I have playing the game. And from there I ended up uh, going to Vauxhall, which was, an unbelievable experience. You know, it was, it was pretty much college before college and the coaches were there. I had some unbelievable teammates and we just playing the game at like that higher level at high, high school level was really eye opening for one, but it just, you know, that fire inside me to compete and to continue to play just continued to grow. And then finally when I got an opportunity to 
play college baseball, especially in the South, you know, I hopped on it as soon as I could because, you know, it was always just a dream to see how far he could take it. And even now, like in my sixth year here, I guess, it, that fire is just still burning. Every time, you know, I wake up, I go to the cage or I step on the field, it's just always there. And I, I just love the feeling of putting on the spikes and just stepping on that dirt and giving everything I got. You know, it's it's just it's easy for me to work hard and to, and to just give it all because, you know, why not, right? Mm-hmm. So. Take us back to when you decided to go to Vauxhall. I mean, you have a few different programs that are right in your own backyard here in Calgary, and you go a couple of hours south. Walk us through sort of the decision-making process there and and what you took away from that experience with Vauxhall. Yeah, for sure. So I had a group of three guys who, uh, you know, brought up the idea of us all going to try and play at Vauxhall, and that was the first time I'd ever heard of it, and I did a little research on them and found out like, you know, it's a, a program away from home. You got to live in the dorms. Like it's just a completely immersed into, into the baseball lifestyle. And at that age, I think I was, uh, see, I think I was 12 at the time I would, where I kind of decided that that's kind of the direction I wanted to go to. Um, and so, you know, I worked towards that. I finally got an opportunity to try out, uh, in grade nine, um, so I went out and did a, a workout or whatever because I wanted to go for grade 10, 11, and 12. But uh, most of the time, they only take guys from 11 and 12. But I went in trying to get in, trying to go for my grade 10 year. And uh, so I was a decent trout and all this kind of stuff. And uh, Les McTavish, he said, yeah, you know, I'll give you a call, see what happens. And oh, I think it was about two, three weeks later, he said, hey, we're going to go with a, another grade 10 kid who is uh, Nolan Radai, who is a stud. <laughs> So they uh, went with him instead of me for that great tenure. And, you know, I think uh, Coach McCallish likes to tell a story. He was on the phone. I said, yeah, you know, I think you're making a mistake, but it's all good. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, that was a little cocky, arrogant moment on me. But, you know, I kind of built that fire that I was talking about. And I said, okay, well, then I'm going grade 11 for sure. And it just kind of worked. I finally got the opportunity to go for that grade 11 and grade 12 year. And, you know, I, definitely took advantage of every second I had there but the whole experience as a whole was just I mean unbelievable you know you're completely immersed into the baseball lifestyle and realistically the college lifestyle I think that's what really prepared me personally for college you know I was away from home like two and a half hours away I loved it you know I was never a homebody I guess so I got I never really struggle with any of the uh, homesickness I got in there and I was like this is great you know I'm around the guys 24-7 we're just you know giving each other, each other crap and just working hard day in and day out and, you know that really solidified that the mentality like the hard-working mentality I have but it was for me you know it was it was really eye-opening too from all the programs I was before you know I was one of the better players and when I went to box oh it's pretty much even playing field you know you you're all really good players, so you have to come up with a way to separate yourself to play, which is what college is all about, right? Everybody mm-hmm. here is good, but you got to have something that sets you apart. And, you know, for me, that was kind of understanding who I was as a player, and then committing to that. You know, I was never a big power guy. I was never anything like that. So I committed to being on base. You know, finding barrels, getting on base any way I have, and you know that whole experience at Boxer really taught me what it means to understand who you are as a player. And that's really carried on into college. I think that's, you know, one of the biggest things I've learned from that experience. So, 
I'm very thankful for that. One of the things that I saw as I was going through the roster from the years that you were there is there is quite a bit of talent there. Talk about some of the friendships and some of the, the teammates that you had there as well, because that's a that was a really talented group you guys had. Oh, yeah. Both years, there was just the talent everywhere. Everybody could play. And, uh, you know, the whole time there, it was never like there was competition, but it wasn't negative competition. We were all pushing each other to get better. We were all supportive of each other because, I mean, in the end, you're living with these guys for nine months. So you can't have any conflicts with any guys. Obviously, it happens, but we were all there to support each other. And yeah, like I remember playing with some of these guys. Like I think Noah Bumstead was there, who was a Calgary guy. And, you know, I grew up playing with and He was a two-way guy, just an absolute stud. But like, he was one of the guys that I personally really looked up to just in the way his work ethic was. He was very straight to business, you know, get down to the nitty gritty and then, you know, let your, let your training show on the field. And so I like to, uh, you know, watch him, like every day, just kind of the way he went about his business. And even into college, when he was playing, I was, I went in my freshman year, I think with his, maybe his second last year, all of us, like it was me, him, Alex Bishop, um, Dan Moore would come up and hit, like all those guys, Dan Moore was before us, but we'd all go hit during the offseason for Christmas. And we just kind of stuck together, you know, we'd come back with, hey, what does your program teach? You know, what's their weight room style? What's their hitting style? All this kind of stuff. We brought back this information and just kind of, picked it off each other and that's kind of and that's you know the way we grew our our whole approaches to playing ball and you know the friendships I made there you know I still keep in touch with um Jared Kennedy who him and I were really close there like a ton of guys that like Brady Mox I mean it was a pitcher just friendships that would last forever just it was such a good experience you know and speaking of the talent side as well, you mentioned another name when you were in Calgary, obviously Mike Soroka, the, the big name in, in Alberta. I mean, what was it like playing with a young kid like that? Did you know that he was going to be as good as he's turned out to be? Did he stand out right away? Walk us through sort of uh, what you saw out of a young Mike Soroka. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> he, uh, we knew there was something special there. Like he had a, he had kind of clumsy at first he had big feet kind of a little short and chubby and then as the years progressed he grew into his body and then his arm just became electric and I remember he was playing on a red he came got called up to the Redbirds team I was on and I believe he was coach I think Joe Surgeon was coaching that team and brought him up and he was a third starter and it was like each weekend he started he just got progressively better you know the arm or the uh, the velocity just continued to go up and up and around that age I think it was probably around I'd say 14 to 15, you could tell that, Dan, like, this kid's going to be something special, you know. At that age, he was throwing, I'd like to say maybe low 80s, maybe higher than that. I couldn't quite remember, but his off-speed stuff was electric, and then it just continued to progress and progress. And then at that time, I went off the box, so he stayed with Redbirds, and, uh, you know, we'd meet up and face each other every now and then. You could tell it was like, dang, like, there's something there big time. And then he went off to play uh, Team Canada and just, went off and from there it was like nothing was going to stop this kid so it was it was really cool to see that and to experience it and then later to I actually was lucky enough because he made his I believe it was first home start uh three years ago I believe over in Atlanta and we were done our season I shot him a text like hey man like you starting today and he was like yeah and I was like bet I'm gonna be there and he was nice enough to give me and a couple of buddies some tickets. We went and watched his first start over in Atlanta. It was, it was, it was the feeling of seeing him on the mound, like on a major league mound 
and knowing that I'd played with that guy, oh, it was it was something special. It was fun to watch him, you know, mature and get to the level he is now. It was just a fun experience and you know a testament to his character because he is a really a very good person. That has to be something else, not just to see a guy play at the major league level, but to have the power that he's had already. He's made an all-star game. Like he's he's done some pretty incredible things in such a short amount of time. That's got to be cool all in itself as well. Absolutely. It's it's an inspiration, you know. I feel like everybody in Calgary looks up to him, especially in the baseball community. He, you know, a ton of guys knew him, a ton of guys play with him, and he's got a ton of people rooting for him. He's like, he's the Calgary boy and we love him. It's great. Like every time it, when uh, spring training starts or when it gets done uh, for the regular season, I'll shoot him a text and just wish him luck because, you know, we're super proud of him. It's like, it's just a pride thing, you know, seeing one of our own make it that far. It just, it lights a fire in all of us. So it's, it's nice how that his talent and his hard work brought everybody together and supported them. So I'm glad to see him back on the mound too. When he went down, it was a scary moment. We were, I feel like everybody was holding their breath to see, you know, how things would turn up. But he's already on the mound, so it's it's fun to watch. Speaking of the inspiration piece, I know whether you're at Vauxhall or you come back to Calgary, you get that opportunity to see some of the younger kids who are looking to maybe follow in the footsteps of a Mike Soroka or maybe even a Ty Scott and be able to play some college ball. Um, when you were a player, you probably saw that as well, and they probably offered words of inspiration or words of advice for you. Now that you're kind of that seasoned veteran kind of thing and you were to come back, what kinds of pieces of advice would you offer to those kids who are just starting out in the process? Oh, man. I think the first thing would be establish, you know, a very good a good work work ethic, you know. From there, that the love of the game will just take over. And if you're truly passionate about it, the hard work becomes easy. And then everything else just kind of flows into place, you know. I think just, yeah, it's hard work and enjoying the game. Have fun with it. Like, at the end of the day, it's a game. It's a kid's game, right? <laughs> Baseball I'm playing now in college is pretty close. Well, you know, as the game I played in T-ball, same game, maybe a little bigger. Guys are throwing harder, obviously, but it's it's a game. So working hard will, and just enjoying the moments you have playing the game. Just not taking it too seriously because at the end of the day, it is a game. So no. that would be my, my words of inspiration. <laughs> and obviously you've had a, a few highlights throughout the course of your young career as well. What stands out as maybe those, those I can't believe that happened kind of moments on the field for yourself? Oh, that's, a, that's, that's such a tough one because, you know, Played, I've played in so many tournaments with so many different teams. You know, we won a, a conference championship or a regular season championship here a couple of years ago. That was an unbelievable experience in college baseball, you know, being able to dogpile with your teammates after, you know, the hard work that you guys put in is that was, you know, something special. But oh man, there's been there's been so many. I wish I could pinpoint one, but I'd say yeah, I'd say winning the uh, the regular season. Uh, I think that was three years ago that we ended up winning it here. That was just a special moment, you know. I think personally, hitting that walk off was a pretty special moment for me too, personally. But <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. I mean, I gotta ask. You're now into your senior year, your fifth year, as you mentioned. What does it mean to you as you look back on it to see the maturation and the growth that you've had, not just within the game, but also as a human being? Yeah, you know, I think 
you know, each year you learn something new, something new about the game and something new about yourself as a player. And each year it's, it's, it's key to take that, understand it, put in your brain and continue to grow from it. Like my freshman year, I had a pretty good year. I can't remember what I hit, but it was, a, it was a good year. And then I went into my sophomore year and I struggled. I hit like 250, like couldn't buy a hit. And I think for me, my sophomore year was my biggest growing year because I was, you know, I struggled offensively at some points, you know, I, I wasn't sure if I was even going to make the starting lineup, but we didn't have anybody behind me. So I had to play and I had to push through that, the tough times, you know, where guys were pitching me different because I had a good year. Um, you know, the game would spe- like speed up on me because I, I couldn't control my emotions. And for me, yeah, my sophomore year was my biggest growing year. I realized that, you know, as you continue to progress uh, going into your junior and senior year, guys are going to know you. Guys have seen you. They're going to pitch you differently. You need to understand your strengths and your weaknesses and then get rid of all the emotions because that that just clogs your brain. So as I grew as a player, I realized that, you know, being in control of your mind and being in control of your emotions will allow your the physicality of the game to become a lot easier. So as I kind of grew up, Going into my senior year, it's not necessarily become more of a physical game. To me, it's become, you know, more of a mental game. I think I put a ton of emphasis on just being in control of my mentality, you know, at all times. Whether or not things are going good or things are going bad, you know, trying to stay even keeled, in control all the time. You know, that sets you up to be successful. That sets you up to think through at-bats clearly without the distraction of emotions. Um, It sets you up to be able to calm your heart rate or stay in control on, def- on defense when it's a big moment. So as I grew throughout my college career, just being in control of my mentality, my, the mental game, and just understanding who I am as a player has really led to my success as a player personally. So, Final question for you here, Ty. What does the game of baseball mean to you? Oh, it's, uh, it's every, uh, I wouldn't say it's everything. I think it's, it's second to everything, you know, being a, a good person in life for me is the number one, you know, my parents, my family have made some big sacrifices for me to play this game. And that's my drive. You know, they've, they've got me to this place that I am. So I play every, every second of the day, every time I step on the field, it's for them because they made all the sacrifices for me. So it's easy to work hard, but it's, for me, that means that I need to be a good person, you know, Life is, you know, life's not baseball, you know, life, baseball has taught me some great life lessons and I would love to continue playing past college or wherever, but I can leave the game. If this is my last year, who knows? I can leave satisfied because one, I gave everything I had for the people that have made sacrifices for me and that this game has made me a better person. So for me, number one thing is being a, being a good person, being a man, you know, being accountable for your actions and the people around you. And for me, the game has done that for me. And I've, I'll leave, you know, with a good taste in my mouth that I've given everything I have. So. It has been an absolute blast, a fun conversation to have with you, Ty. Thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. And all the best as the 2021 season continues to roll along. Thank you. I appreciate it for having me. It was a blast. Thanks again to Ty Scott for joining us this week. What was fun was after we recorded that conversation, we probably stayed on the line for another 15 minutes or so talking about life philosophies in baseball. So needless to say, we might have to have him on again soon. In the meantime, another conversation I had this week was with Soren Graverson. He's been on a tear at William Penn in Iowa, including three home runs in a doubleheader last month. The Dogs Academy product has quite the story to tell himself, and we're going to get to that 
next week. Until then, thanks for downloading and listening, and of course, thanks for all of your support, no matter the platform of Alberta Dugout Stories.